This is the Rebel Author Podcast, where we talk about books, business, and occasionally bad words. Hello, Rebels, and welcome to the episode 86 of the Rebel Author Podcast. Thank you for that lovely welcome. We're going to do the intro together this week, aren't we? Yeah. And right now I'm smiling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, This is my first video. (laughs) It's not a video, darling, it's a podcast. Okay, okay. (laughs) Okay. Basically is. (laughs) Okay, this week I am super excited because I am going to be talking to Joya Goffney. And we're going to be talking all about character identity, characters with character identity issues, and how you can keep your character's Mm. personality the same whilst... um, allowing them to go through and experience identity issues. We're also talking about voice and a whole raft of other issues. But first to last week's question, which was, which aspect of mindset do you struggle with most? We had some comments on Instagram and Atlas is going to read them out, aren't you darling? So Lynn, of course I am. <laughs> Lynn, Lynn Fiona said, pro procrastination <laughs> I can't read that much okay, okay that's fine procrastination <laughs> and also recognizing you have a negative mindset or thoughts in the first place sometimes my brain whispers them quietly and they then gradually builds into a Roar! Oh, wow that was that was dramatic <laughs> thank you for that um yeah I I agree I think um when we have those thoughts oh, they gosh. can spiral and that makes them so much harder to deal with and it's almost like nip you need to nip it in the bud before it gets to the spiral but that is obviously easier said than done okay so author lena m johnson was next and she said perfect perfectionism (laughs) okay i have to remind myself that i am creating my own path and I need to stop comparing mine to other authors. I'm going to make mistakes, but at least I will have done something and I can only get better by doing it. If there's any bad words in something, then I'm not saying that because it's really <laughs> annoying and distracting. <laughs> yeah, you, you're not What's allowed... that loud stuff? Don't, that's because you're blowing my speaker, darling, okay. because you're just <laughs> talking too loud. Yeah, you're not allowed to say the bad words if there are any bad words. And also, I'm not going to say bad words whilst you're sat here. <laughs> so this yeah. is... Going to be a bad word free intro for once. Um, Oh, okay, that's weird. (laughs) Okay, so uh, thank you, author Lena M. Johnson. Perfectionism is a killer. I really struggle with perfectionism myself, and I am a work in progress. I can't profess to have the answer, but um, I just wanted to say it's definitely something that I um, am in solidarity with you on that we have linda who uh, commented on facebook and linda says what does linda say uh not letting my crippling accent anxiety please subscribe to my video by the way <laughs> anxiety and self-doubt imposter syndrome gets syndrome. to me syndrome get to me and delete everything yes yeah, the imposter bit reminds me of among us among among us yeah, it's a video game. I play oh. video games. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yes. I still read books. <laughs> you do read books, and you're going to give us the book recommendation of the week, aren't you? Oh, yes. You are. Lovely. Okay, <laughs> Lovely. so thank you very much, Linda, for that. I think imposter syndrome is something, unfortunately, that everybody in the writing community um, has to deal with because it is so um, prevalent everywhere. Um, no, okay, no. so we're going to... Um, Sorry, this week's question. <laughs> it is so much harder when you're here because I'm <laughs> trying to remember all of the things. Okay, this week's Me question. Me too. <laughs> Do you want to read this week's question? Okay. This week's question is, we're almost halfway through the year. Are you where you want to be? Are you where you want to be? I don't know what that means. Are you That's where, what I was trying to say. Are I you where know. you want to be with how much you've learned about making videos and podcasts and YouTube or uh, have you hit your goal with that? No, I haven't. You haven't yet, okay. I st- I don't, I, I'm a kid. I haven't even made a single video on YouTube. Well, that's because you're Sorry. too young, darling. But you've made videos on your iPad. Anyway, okay. Um, so that's this week's question and you can answer that either on Gosh. 
um, Instagram or you can answer it in uh, the Rebel Author Facebook group. Okay, so you, this is the last bit you're going to do today. Okay, so you're going to do the book recommendation of the week. We're actually going to have two book recommendations, one from me and one oh, from me. you. So my <laughs> book, shush a minute, my book recommendation of the week is The Self-Publishing Blueprint, A Complete Guide to Help You Self-Publish Your Book by Daniel Wilcox. Now, Daniel is my co-host on the Next Level Authors podcast oh, and gosh. his current uh, new release is on pre-order right now. I had the wonderful pleasure of both getting to read an early copy and getting to write the foreword. Uh, and oh so, goodness. yes, I highly recommend you go and buy yourself a copy. If you haven't published before, you need this book. It will help you get your book over the publishing line. And of course, links will be in the show notes. Okay, Atlas, over to you. <laughs> what, what is your book recommendation? 13 Story Treehouse. So who wrote it? Uh, it's by Adam Andy Andy Griffins and Kay Denton. So in this book, um, there's it's making noise, darling. Okay, there's more page. There's like, uh, I don't know how many pages there are. Well, just tell everyone about it and why they should get it for their children. Well, they should they should get it because it's funny, you know. Yeah. Uh, you can get through these quite quickly. Um, there. How many have you? How many of his books have you read in the last two uh, weeks? The, the whole ten. Um, there's thirteen, twenty-six, thirty-nine, fifty-two, sixty-five, seventy-eight, ninety-one, one hundred and four, one hundred and seventeen, one hundred and thirty, one hundred and thirty is gold. Um, and then after that, one hundred and thirty, which is coming this year, I think. One hundred and forty-three story yeah, treehouse is coming in October. October, October something. But um. And it's about two best friends, isn't it? Who stop flicking the pages? Who are um, one of them is an author and one of them is an illustrator. And just like the author and illustrator of they're the book, in the book. So yeah. Andy Griffins is in the book and Terry Denton is in the book. In the book, oops. And that's pretty cool, isn't it? That's why you like it. Yeah, that's why I, I also make like twelve story three house and twenty four. Um, right now I'm working on the 36 stretches. And okay. whoa, so is that four so hours? No, four minutes. Thank you so what? much for your time today, Atlas. That was wonderful. And we'll, I'm sure we will see you again on the podcast soon. Bye-bye. Uh, Say bye-bye I... to everyone. I'm going to do Dante DM's voice. Bye! Okay, so thank you very much, my darling boy. That was interesting to record. Uh, so this, uh, so both of the those book recommendations will be in the uh, show notes, and uh, I wanted him to come on to talk about the Thirteen Story Treehouse because he has quite literally binged like three thousand page pages worth of books over the last couple of weeks, and so uh, I know that usually we I recommend books for adults <laughs> in terms of nonfiction or fiction, but uh, I'm sure lots of you listening are also parents, and so I thought that a recommendation from a kid who has actually read the books might be fun so yes it's the 13 story treehouse uh series and they are super fun and if anybody knows andy griffiths i would love to have him on the podcast i don't have any way of contacting him or anything but if anyone does ha is listening and happens to know him please let me know because yeah i would love to pitch him to come on the show to uh, talk about his books all right, so in personal update then this week, I have had the distinct pleasure of talking to two different people. The first one is um, Bonnie, and I used to work with Bonnie. Uh, uh, Bonnie is Bonnie Wagner Stafford, and she runs a podcast. Um, and we sort of did it like live. It was quite fun. Um, and we are talking all about prose and sentence level um sentence level writing and how you can improve yours and so yes bonnie runs ingenium books and um the podcast episode is called how to improve your writing and i will leave a show note i will leave the link um in the show notes so go and check out that it's only about half an hour but we got really in depth actually and i had an absolute blast talking to bonnie so yeah make sure you go and check that out the other one i had um the 
I like honestly you guys know I love Jenna uh and so it was fabulous to talk to uh my fellow queen uh and so we were talking this time all about how to podcast as an author and Jenna's questions are super comprehensive so she takes you well with me <laughs> through like the idea setting up equipment, uh, marketing and all of that good stuff. So it's about an hour long episode. And uh, yeah, I am actually really proud of that conversation with Jenna because um, I feel like we gave a shit ton of info. I can swear now, (laughs) Atlas isn't in the room. Um, Yeah, so that is hopefully going to be really useful. I will also include links to that in the show notes. Um, In what I have been doing, what have I been doing? I um, have had my critique partner edits back. I have gone through them. I haven't done the critique partner edits. I'm going to be doing that next week. I've recorded some more audiobook this week. I have been doing a lot of like background marketing stuff I formatted I can't remember if I did that last week or this week but I formatted the workbook so that's all done um oh yes I also wrote finally so (laughs) I feel like I hold on to issues until I am about to break the issue and fix it so last week I was talking all about how I have lost a lot of confidence with my fiction and I definitely have and I still feel like I have and I still have work to do to fix my mindset on that um however I (laughs) I feel like I do this thing where I won't talk about it until I've almost solved the problem and then so in the last week I sat down and I wrote a reader magnet for my fiction which like honestly I cannot tell you how blocked I have been on this issue it it has been a three-year issue if not longer, four-year issue because I haven't done it yet and it's because I told myself I couldn't uh, because I didn't know, you know, I couldn't do short stories or I couldn't do reader magnets short stories because I could only do the stories that I got for that series or whatever. So it's just this bullshit myths that I keep putting into my brain and then that compounded with the fact that I was feeling very unconfident about my fiction um, just stopped me. I just put a blocker in my own way and so... I don't, I was speaking to a lovely um, lady called Crystal uh, who were, who does some work for Becca Sign and um, she was, this was in the, the office sprints that Becca um, has with, with, for her patrons and uh, we, she was just saying, well, what about this and what about that? And I don't know what it is, but she just, she gave me permission to to write one of the things that she said that I wanted to share is that if you are creating bonus material that is like extra scenes or bonus epilogues or stuff like this then she said don't put conflict in it and that was like that was so freeing because I was definitely trying to create you know full story arcs with all of the trimmings that a normal novel will have but you just can't do that in a um additional scene or so so this is a 4,000 word um short and between book one and book two there's a two-month gap and so what I did was I, I put some conflict in there there's definitely like some bantery uh bits in there um but I concentrated on what the key things were that happened and and you know I like I literally love it I love the little story I love the scenes I love yeah I love what I have created and it was so unexpected and freeing and also confidence building that I can actually write fiction still and you know you know it's not it's not a masterpiece because it's just a bonus epilogue look at me now justifying and trying to tell myself it's not good anyway look just shut up Sasha the point is I did it and it has freed me a little bit so in the next week I need to write up my notes from having reread Keepers and I'm going to reread Victor hopefully in the next coming week if not the week after uh, and then I once I give my manuscript for side characters to the editor then I'm going to crack on with editing it so yeah I, I am feeling like even though I may not have made a ton progress this week I feel like I have made leaps and bounds mentally and uh yeah which is like 
yeah, I don't know. It's weird because I was only talking about how I was like, I've spent nearly four years, three or four years feeling blocked. And now literally the week after, probably because I've just said it, obviously, because now my brain's like, yeah, fuck you. You, you, I'm going to rebel against you. You said you can't do it. Well, now you can, bitch. Anyway, uh, my brain is such a fun place to be. Um, what else? Okay, so next week I am, yes, as I said, I'm going to be finishing all the critique uh, partner edits on side characters. I've written the blurbs. Uh, I have the cover. I am planning the cover reveal for the first week of June. Uh, if you would like to, uh, and with the cover reveal, there's going to be like some prizes to win and stuff. If you would like to be in with a chance uh, for winning those, then uh, you can join my street team. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes to the street team. You also get a chance, obviously, to read the book in advance and all of that good stuff. So, yeah, so much going on. I'm in this weird bit between finishing side characters and the workbook and trying to get all the marketing stuff done for that and trying to go back to a final edit for Trey and and also finishing an audiobook. So it is... Yeah, it's hard work. Ah, I have a question for you. So I am toying with trying to get another audiobook done uh, over the next couple of months because I should have villains done in probably by the end of the first week of June. Um, And so my question is, do you think I... Would you prefer me to record side characters because that's coming out? Or would you prefer me to record the anatomy of prose because... um, that has been out for a while. Uh, yeah, let me know. Uh, tweet, uh, don't tweet me. <laughs> don't check Twitter anymore. Instagram me or, or let me know in the Facebook group. We're rocking up towards the uh, submission deadline for the Rebel Author uh, Anthology. There's about five weeks left now, so do make sure you get your stories in. Uh, I will, of course, leave a link in uh, the show notes to the submission form. The Rebel of the Week this week is Estelle Vandervelde, and Estelle says... I'm a rebel author in the sense that English isn't my mother tongue and teachers always said I wasn't good enough in learning languages. I'm proud to say that I publish my books in English primarily even though nobody believed I could do it. I love a story when (laughs) your rebellion means that you get to prove everybody wrong. I know it's cheeky but yeah I do love it and also what a feat to be able to publish your books in a language uh, that isn't your mother tongue. I mean, I would kill to be able to speak another language that well. So yeah, huge congratulations for doing that and thank you for your rebel story. And if you would like to be a Rebel of the Week, please do send in your story. Please do. I do love these stories and I love receiving them as well. So really do send in your Rebel story. It can be any kind of story, big, small or somewhere in between. You can email your Rebel story to rebelauthorpodcast at gmail.com or you can Instagram me at sashablackauthor. New patron this week, welcome and a huge thank you to Laura Beebe. Thank you as well to Helen O'Neill, who upped her pledge and joined the Rebel Slack group. That Rebel Slack group is literally, like, it brings a smile to my face, like, every single day. It also costs my bank account so much. There's often, like, a lot of either book recommendations or course recommendations, and we're all similar, you know, everybody loves to learn stuff or read stuff, and so the fucking group costs me a lot of money! (laughs) Uh, but yeah, no, I have filled my bookshelves with recommendations and I, I do love it, but also my bank. Um, perhaps I should just have more self-control. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to say like a huge thank you. I adore you guys. And we had our monthly patron Poison and Bros, uh, which is now, uh, you can get the replay if you missed it. And, uh, yeah, I love those Poison and Proses because I just come away like feeling warm and fuzzy on side and then having to, you know, put my cold dead heart reputation back in place. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, if you'd like to come and join the uh, Rebel Slack or, or, or Patron Poison and Prose community, then you can do so, uh, as well as getting early access to all of the episodes uh, and uh, bonus content and opportunities from as little as $2 a month by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. 
Okay, enough waffling from me and my son. Let's get on with the interview with Joya. Hello, and welcome to the Rebel Author Podcast. Today, I am joined by Joya Goffney. Joya grew up in New Waverley, a small town in East Texas. In high school, she challenged herself with to-do lists full of risk-taking items like hug a random boy and eat a cricket, uh, which as a veggie, I'm like shuddering at that, by the way, (laughs) Uh, which inspired her debut novel, Excuse Me While I Ugly Cry. With a passion for black social psychology, she moved out of the countryside to attend the University of Texas in Austin, where she still resides. Hello and welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I am so thrilled to have you. I absolutely adored your book. So I was so excited to get to speak to you. It um, spoke to me on so many different levels. And I just love the love as well. Like I I am like a sucker for romance. So like I was swooning and yeah, it was just, I loved it. Um, But before we dive into that, would you like to tell everyone a little bit about you and like how you got to where you are today? Sure, yes. So as you heard in my bio, um, I'm from a really small town. Um, I moved out of that to go to school in Austin. um, And then I graduated with a degree in psychology, and I didn't know what I was going to do with that. So uh, as soon as I graduated, I took the first job that I could, um, because I had bills to pay. And well, it, it sucked. It was kind of a shitty gig. And um, that's when I started writing again so I've always I've always written um but I kind of stopped in college because there's so much you know there's a high demand for essays and you have to read all of this assigned reading and it just kind of takes the fun out of everything so um, I started writing again once I started working and then um, I wrote this really really depressing book um it was it was kind of crap but I queried it to about four agents and got rejection letters. And then I realized, you know what, this is, this is, I don't even like this. I'm going to take this off and I'm going to try again. And that's when I started writing Ugly Cry. Um, It was much happier. It made me happy to write it and happy to read it. And it was just more authentic than that other stuff I was writing. And um, so I queried and Whenever I got my email back from my agent um, requesting more, I just broke down in tears. Um, Did you ugly cry? I, well, I was at work, so I tried to keep it pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I've I've definitely ugly cried a few times in life, I can tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I I mean, I, I tried to keep it together, but I did cry and, um, it gave me so much hope. And since then, everything has just been crazy, crazy, beautiful. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) I love that you have a background in psychology as well. So my uh, degree and master's are in psychology and cognitive neuropsychology. And I was super close to like, um, I got a scholarship to do a PhD, uh, in distributed cognition. It's like this weird niche kind of area of psychology but um Mm. I just had schooled out and I was such a prolific reader before I went to school um went to school (laughs) before I went to university um Mm. and then like you were saying I I pretty much stopped because you have to read so many like um Mm -hmm. journal papers and research papers and on and on and And I just yeah like uh, I was so glad to not have to read that stuff and to get to read like fun novels and stuff again so um, all right, so you have just released your debut novel. Well, I think it's your debut novel. Um, yes. I, yeah, it is your debut. Yeah, I, I thought it was. Um, excuse me while I ugly cry. Uh, and as I have said, everybody needs to read this book. But would you like to tell everyone a little bit about the novel before we dive into some more um, questions? Sure. Okay, so excuse me while I ugly cry follows Quinn Jackson, who is a compulsive list maker. She makes lists about everything, her worries, her fears, her desires, all in this um, red journal that goes missing. Um, she sw- it, switched, it gets switched with this boy named Carter, um, and he ends up losing it, and it gets in the hands of a blackmailer who blackmails her into doing a to-do list of all of her fears. So throughout the book, we get to see her and Carter going through her fears while they're also um, tracking down the blackmailer. 
and it's just a beautiful story <laughs> it, it really is it really is and one of the things that I thought was so amazing in the story were the character voices I like you can hear it in the dialogue you could hear it in the narration you could hear it even in the side characters like each one had their own voice so like what advice could you give to new writers on creating such unique character voices um I would say that it's not about trying to be unique because if you try to be unique, it's probably going to come off as um, inauthentic. It's about being authentic in your characters. Um, so whenever I come up with characters, I, I, I figure out what they look like, what their background is, what motivates them. Um, and so it comes through in the voice when you know your characters. It's just, I guess it's, a, it's about knowing your characters and what motivates them, what they desire and um, their moral compass. Mm. And so do you, like, how do you pull that information together? Do you do like, do you free write with them? Do you interview them? Is it just a process of like letting it percolate? Like, how do you, how, how do you come to those, like, yeah, like those characters with yeah. such depth? Oh, my process is really messy. So I do have this, this little character sheet that has um, like background and like their dislikes and their likes and their religion and all of the background information on characters. And sometimes I go through that and I try to to figure out every little thing about them but it gets boring to me and it, it's just like I don't know I don't know what they what their favorite food is I don't care at this point but what I'll do is I'll dive into the story usually get about six pages in when I realize I don't know my characters and then um you know I try to figure out a little bit about their background and then I'll go back and rewrite until I realize I still don't know my characters <laughs> and I have to just it's just a rewrite and rewrite and you start to get to know them better, the more that you reiterate and the more that you um, put them in different scenes and see how they react. And it's just like, it's it takes a long time, but it's also really rewarding. Yeah, I, I love that. And I love that like, so it for me, um, it sort of depends like what comes to me first in the story. So like sometimes it's the theme, I know I want to write about this message or this moral like, I want to say yeah like moral message and then other times it's a character that appears first so like mm -hmm. I have two different sets I two different series that I'm sort of working on one in the background where the characters came to me first and another one where I knew the like theme that I wanted to write about and then the story sort of came and so like I I don't think I have a set defined like process for creating them it sort of depends on like, I don't know how, how you feel about stories but they they are so almost sentient like each one is so different and it needs wrangling in a different way I don't know maybe I'm just crazy but um no <laughs> I think you're right no yeah each story it it, it uh, requires a different process it comes to you in different ways and and sometimes you plan it sometimes it just comes out of you and then you're like wait 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 let me go back I don't know yeah Okay, so in order to create character, you have to have some kind of like behavioral consistency, like humans are very habitual creatures. Um, and, and so you need to do that in stories in order to like create a character um, that people can identify as like that, that character, that is Quinn or that is Carter or Hattie or whoever. Mm -hmm. um, which is why I think stories about identity and specifically about identity change are particularly amazing because you have to like marry that juxtaposition of like keeping a character true to themselves whilst also like enabling them to change. So how did you create such depth with Quinn um, and still like enable her to change and but still be recognizable as Quinn at the end? Yeah. So like you said, behavior is habitual. Um, I think when you look at a character and you look at the meat of the character, it's not, well, it's not their behavior that's them. I mean, the behavior is a reaction to emotion. And so you can change your behavior, but the way you feel, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit difficult to change that. So when I look at Quinn, the way that she feels doesn't really change 
but her reaction changes and you can see um like her perspective changes with her fear and and like um so if you look at her fear for, for seeing Hattie she's so afraid that she just kind of tries to forget that you know there's this person that I'm not visiting I haven't seen and there, I, I'm just not going to go there but you know she's forced to look at this and um her perspective about it changes once she goes to Hattie's house and and she realizes you know she doesn't have much time and she needs to go see this person um her emotions she's still scared but she reacts to it in a different way in a healthier way so I, I think that's the way that I go about that it's just you know, keep your emotions consistent, but the way that you react to it and your perspective about it is always going to change. Mm. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I And it's that inner growth, isn't it? That's, you know, yeah. you can, I'm trying to think of an example, like even and like anti-heroes, and I suppose villains are the only ones that don't do this, but like even anti-heroes, they will continue to be themselves, which always includes like some naughty trait or some you know darkness and Mm -hmm. but they will either like make better decisions or they will make the same decisions but for better reasons if like that makes sense so yeah Yeah. like I I love that okay um so I, I mentioned character voices earlier and I also thought like you had amazing dialogue so do you have any advice for writers wanting to create better dialogue so I the so like I said before I guess um, the key is to knowing your characters. So don't force conversations. You can you can realize like okay so this conversation I, I need this to be the theme of it, but let your characters speak for themselves. So let it, you know occur naturally. You don't want to go in saying or thinking that I need this character to say this because maybe they wouldn't. And that's how I write. I, I, I let them tell me what they want. And um, I don't know, I just let them lead. I let them take the lead. Mm. And so like ha- some of those like romantic conversations and like some of the banter, like how do you create such good banter? Like I know you're saying like you let them do the conversations, but like, is that, like, how do you get to that point? Like, when it when do you know enough about your characters that they start to take over and can then lead that dialogue themselves? Like, because it's it's so good. <laughs> Tell me your secrets. Tell me your secrets. Thank, thank you so much. Um. Okay. Well, I mean, Carter, he is confident, and and but he's also sweet it's it's so easy with him because he knows how to um take Quinn apart he he can see these parts of her that she doesn't know exist and he'll just say it and it's it it surprises her and um I don't know do you think your background in psychology has helped you um like with that, like, I love that phrase that he can take her apart because that's so true. That is exactly what he does. But um, I don't know, like, I, like when I think about, like, when I, when I think about, like, I couldn't do that to another human. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah. how do I get a character? Like, how do I get, and I suppose like, it, it depends on the different angle that you come from. Like, I love romance. So like, I try to just create swoon-worthy characters and I'm not entirely, maybe it's, I get them to say the things I wish someone would say to me. Like, I yeah, <laughs> I think that's what it is. I, I, I wish someone, I mean, I think everyone wants someone out there to look at them and study them to study them I you know I would want someone to study me and and ask me these deep questions because they want to know you know what's going on in my head and they want to know why I make lists and and why I won't go see my grandma and it's just about finding this love interest who wants to know everything about the main character Mm -hmm. you know yeah no I do and I think it's 
like what you do so well is you allow that like personality trait to affect the sentence level of what that character is doing and Mm. and I think that like that's probably what it boils down to because not every character would display romance in that way but like Mm -hmm. that is what Carter does he is genuinely curious about her whereas like another character perhaps they would I don't know oh my my headphones falling out another character might um oh my god see I'm like the least romantic person ever I'm like oh what do you do when you're like trying to flirt (laughs) (laughs) yeah like perhaps another one wants to I don't know make them feel a million dollars and therefore they shower I don't know gifts on them or or praise or you know because Carter doesn't do that what he does is he he literally tries to like you know get inside her and like understand every little yeah little piece about her so yeah I think I think yeah I'm like trying to tease out and like understand all of your secrets because I just loved the book I'm literally fangirling right now um (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry thank you also I've had a lot of coffee today so (laughs) (laughs) what advice okay so we're gonna segue into the romance because um that is something that I just adored and like my favorite thing was the late night conversations Mm -hmm. uh so like for listeners I don't I'm not going to give too many spoilers but there were like you know you know do you remember like when you were younger and you'd like phone your like I want to say like a you know your love interest late at night or whatever and you'd have those conversations and they were like adorable and also like it killed me with like the anticipation of of yeah going so like how did you do that like are you just romantic like how did you like come up with with those conversations I mean yeah it, it's something about like late night conversations okay let me see whenever I was in college I had this boy I was talking to and um it was a long distance relationship because he was across the country and it at a different school not across the country sorry across the state but anyway um it was far away yeah it was far okay we couldn't see each other for months so we'd have these conversations at night um I'd have the lights out and I'd be in my bed and and we'd talk for hours we'd be laughing about nothing and it was kind of inspired by that it's just like those conversations you can close your eyes and just say really personal things and it can also get a little bit raunchy because you know you're you're in your bed and it's late at night and things happen <laughs> they do so, and I loved it yeah. that, that scene ending I think was my favorite scene ending of the whole <laughs> book and I am be- like purposely being a dick as well so that listeners have to go buy the book and read it to find out what <laughs> happened <laughs> like, I love that scene that's my favorite scene of the book mine too mine too <laughs> um all right so I think some of the most like universal and relatable stories have really small details in them. I talk about this in some of my craft books, like the, the, if you want people to feel big emotions, then you go small on the detail, which seems counterintuitive, but like it is the small details that people relate to. Um, And I think you had some amazing details. Um, They were sprinkled throughout like the list and like just the descriptions and some of them were in relation to Hattie and some of them were in in relation to like character quirks. So can you tell listeners, like, how do you use detail to bring your characters alive? I, that is a huge compliment for me that, cause I, um, I noticed that in the books that I love so much, they have such great details. So let me give an example. So I was reading um, Landline by Rainbow Rowell and I noticed in the very first chapter, she had such intricate details about the house and, and the, the, the bowl of cereal on the floor. And it was just like, it's so random, but it's also so relatable. So I tried to um, incorporate that. I, I, I think that um, different eyes notice different things about like the same scene. You can have a different character in like a room full of people and they notice um there are more girls than boys or another character will notice um that you know this girl is beautiful for this reason and this girl is talking to this guy and they're flirting I don't know you know different different characters notice different things about the same scene 
And it's really those details that tell you about a character. And so that's one easy way to, um, to relate to your readers who this character is, is, the, is what they see in a scene. Yeah, I completely agree. I love it so much because like if you had, I don't know, uh, a steel worker looking out a window, they're going to mm-hmm. notice buildings and pylons. Whereas if you have an artist looking out a window, they're going to notice the, the pink streak in the cloud and they're going to notice exactly. the way the leaves fall down. And yeah, I think, oh, I, I like, I love that that was a compliment for you because you genuinely killed it, like killed it Thank dead you. because that was like, that is what the majority of my sticky tabs are like is, <laughs> oh, I love this detail. Oh, look at this detail. And um, was it Landline by Rainbow Rowell? Yes. Okay, perfect. I've written that down. Have you read um, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue? I haven't. Okay, like that (laughs) book is so rhythmic and poetic and detailed. Like it is exquisite. And uh, yeah, so that is a book that does detail really well if you you like books with detail. Um, What is that? The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. Mm -hmm. Got you. I will remember Mm -hmm. that um where am I I'm just uh obsessing about books now right okay so your side characters were another thing that I loved I loved Livy um and I loved I'm gonna say her name wrong was it Imani yes okay cool she was so cute um (laughs) so what tips do you have for listeners about creating side characters so with side characters it's important that they have a purpose um that they're not just there for decoration, um, that they do something for your main character or, you know. um, So with Libby, she is strength. She is the definition of strength. She is everything that Quinn wishes she could be, you know, confident in her blackness, bold, feisty. um, And she's a great friend. And um, it's like, Livy is the friend that she's always needed as opposed to her old friends right and then so if you look at Imani um she's super sweet and she's cute um but she's also she shows Carter's soft side she she shows how he takes care of the people he loves mm-hmm. and um yeah that's you just make sure that they have a purpose and that they're not just there for decoration and um that they are you know teaching us about ourselves or I guess teaching the main character about themselves one of the um one one of the I I don't want to say this was a trick because I'm not saying it was a trick but one of the methods that's a better word that Mm -hmm. I love when writers use is um so uh like in a in a um, in a non-fantasy book, you don't necessarily have like a villain, you have more of an antagonist. And obviously like in a romance situation, that tends to be the love interest, at least for the first little bit of the of, of the story. Um, mm-hmm. And one quick way of making readers like like the antagonist is to show them caring for somebody or something be it an animal or or whatever but even like to up that ante another level is to make them do it out of duty so like they want to but also it's out of duty and and that's kind of what Carter has to do because you Mm -hmm. know their mum has to work all the time um and so like I think that's why I was just like swooning so hardcore because obviously like he, you know, he is caring and has that soft side, but also he does it out of duty and, and because he wants to, but yeah. So I just was like, yeah. oh, that's it. I'm slate. There's a knife like straight in the fields. <laughs> yeah. It's just so hard to not love him when you, when you see him with the money. I know. Right. Um, okay. So you cover some difficult topics in terms of race, racism and identity. And I think that some readers will embrace that wholeheartedly and others are going to find it difficult to swallow. As a mixed race woman who also married another woman, I loved this story on like a lot of different levels. Um, But 
for writers who perhaps want to cover identity issues, be they racial or sexual identity or perhaps gender identity or any any other kind of identity, what advice would you give them to help them cover the topic? But like not just cover it, but like cover it truthfully, comprehensively, sensitively and also like maintaining accuracy and like a truth to what people do actually experience when you are from some of those like more diverse um, backgrounds? I would say um, for, first of all, to use your own experience um, to make sure that if you're covering these topics that you were doing so um, authentically um, and then also you don't want to limit yourself to just your experiences because it's not the only experience for that group of people to um, do a little bit of research to make sure that you're not um, adding toxicity right or putting out anything toxic um, and so whenever I, I cover these topics I tried to not um, make it the, the center. I wanted the center to be black joy and black love. Um, but also, you know, these black people are going through these, these identity issues and, and, you know, racism, it's a part of our life, but it's not the only part of our life. So yeah, I would say to just be authentic and, and, and to make sure that it is your experience, you know, do you, know, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I definitely do. I mean, like, so what was so interesting for me is that I definitely have a lot of privilege because in the winter, for sure, I pass for white, whereas in the summer, not so much. Hmm. And so I found it very interesting from my perspective because I have... I have like my grandfather was from Ethiopia, my dad is black, um, but yet I grew up in a kind of white society. And so I found it very relatable on like, like that level. But mm-hmm. on the identity level, oh my God, my bloody headphones on the piss today. Um, <laughs> on the identity level, I found it really interesting because like I so also want to write, I think for me more about like sexuality and having mm-hmm. um, like LGBT, like, I, I want to have like an LGBT protagonist, but I don't want my story to be about that. If that makes yes. sense, I just want that to be part of my story. Exactly. And so, yeah. And so this is why this question was so important to me because there are so many different bits of my identity. Like I, I have, you know, I've got even like my dad's side of family is Jewish. My mom's side's Christian. Like, so I have all of these mm. like crazy aspects of, of my identity. And I'm like, I like, I would just love to be able to do what you've done in this book. And so, yeah, like, that's why I wanted to ask the question. Okay. What is coming next for you? Are you allowed to tell us? Can you tell us what you're working on? Um, well, <laughs> I do have, <laughs> I do have another book that I'm working on right now. Just I'm in the, just in the, ugh. it's, 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 um, it's due pretty soon. So, so I'm on, I'm under deadline, but I can't really talk about much just that it's, it's about sex positivity, body positivity. Um, so is it the same, is it kind of contemporary or is it, is it, yeah. um, okay, cool. And is it still, are you allowed to say if it's young adult or is it adult or? Yes, it's young adult. Oh, okay, cool. Mm, okay. Yes. Um, all right, so this is the Rebel Author Podcast. So tell everyone about a time you unleashed your inner rebel. Oh my gosh. Okay, so here's a story. <laughs> Whenever I was in college, I I had a slew of terrible roommates. Um, and so I was living in this apartment with these two girls who I don't actually know that they were in school because it, it didn't seem like it. They were always partying and um, quite disrespectful to to the space. Um, they'd come in really late, loud and blasting music. Um, and yeah, I, I had to sleep over at my boyfriend's a lot. He stayed in the same uh, apartment complex. So I would just walk over there. And then in the morning, I'd walk back, get my books and go to school. So um, a few mornings, I would walk back like seven in the morning because I had class at eight. Um, 
And when I tried to get in the door, the, it was locked. But it was like, okay, so, you know, there's sometimes there's two top bolts, like the dead bolts. So the, the, top, the bottom one you can unlock with your key, but the top one you can only unlock from inside. So I would have to bang on the door for 10 minutes before someone could come in. And it would just make me so mad. So I got duct tape and <laughs> I figured maybe they were doing it when they were drunk. <laughs> Hopefully they weren't doing it on purpose, but maybe they were. I, um, I would, I duct tape the top bolt so they couldn't lock it and they didn't figure it out. So I was fine. <laughs> oh I love it I absolutely love it I think I like I know this is the rebel of the podcast and so of course this is like one of my favorite bits of the show but I just love to hear all the naughty things people have done (laughs) also I I yeah I had some lovely housemates but I did have some dodgy housemates at uni too I think we all do I did I do yeah, yeah I did have some lovely ones too though okie dokie tell everyone where they can find out more about you your books anything else you'd like to add Okay, you can go to my website, joyagoffney.com. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, joya.goffney, and then Twitter, joya underscore goffney. And I like to share about my books and about my family and what I'm up to, if you want to follow me. <laughs> and I will put all of those links in the show notes as well. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. This has been fun. And of course, a big thank you to all of the show's patrons. If you would like to get early access to all of the episodes, then you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. I'm Sasha Black. You are listening to Joya Goffney and this was the Rebel Author Podcast. Next week, we have a return guest, Christina Stanley, who I believe was on maybe episode four-ish a very early episode anyway and we are going to be talking about editing but from editors perspective so you are going to get an insider's view of editing and I think you are going to find it fascinating um I really loved I mean I love talking to Christina anyway but I really loved uh chatting to Christina so yes join me next week for that don't forget to tune in and subscribe on your podcatcher And when you have a moment, please leave a review.